Welcome to the Managing Miscarriage Podcast. I am Melissa Whitman, founder of the nonprofit One Generation and our current initiative, Managing Miscarriage. We help women through the heartbreak of miscarriage, and as a nonprofit, we run completely on donations. Our services help thousands of women, so please support us by donating through our website, managingmiscarriage.com. Thank you for tuning in. I'm here today with Emily, who is a marriage and family therapist, and she had had clients previously who had had miscarriages, but feels so much better equipped now to help them since she experienced her first miscarriage this past May 12th. Emily, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. So take us to the beginning of this journey for you. Okay. Um, So I have a daughter who will be three this month on the 14th. And it took us a year, almost a year to get pregnant with her. And we had to use Clomid um, one round of that. And we got pregnant with her. So I just assumed that our struggle was getting pregnant. Um, So this past February, I went off birth control that I had been on since we had her and um, figured, you know, it would be a similar situation where it would take us a while and was prepared to use the Clomid again and actually found um, out that we were pregnant on April 7th, which was totally shocking, um, but super exciting. And I thought, you know, okay, my body just knows what to do now. And so um, this is, this is great. Um, I think I didn't really, I mean, I knew people had miscarriages. I knew that was a thing, but my first pregnancy was so textbook and just absolutely no issues that I was really naive and kind of lived in an ignorance is bliss world. Um, Which is nice. Yeah, it it totally was. It totally was. Um, So we found out on April 7th um, and I went for my first appointment on May 1st and hadn't really had any symptoms or anything wrong um up until that point um a little I think I saw like the tiniest spotting that day actually that I went to the doctor but it was so small and light that I wasn't even sure that's what it was so when they asked I kind of just blew it off like it I didn't even think it was an issue um and then the next day I think maybe even that night and then the next day it was definitely heavier and so I called back and they said um can you come in today for an ultrasound? Which of course freaked me out because I was like, okay, they think this is a serious problem. So, um, I, I called my husband and and told him he needed to come home and I called my mom and that was actually how I had to tell her that I was pregnant, which was horrible uh, because we, we were trying to wait till mother's day to tell them. Um, but I definitely needed the support at that point. So I just had to tell her and she met us there too. Um, so this was on May 2nd and they did the ultrasound. And I, we thought that I was eight weeks and three days. Um, but the baby measured six weeks and three days. So they didn't act overly concerned about that. Um, they asked if my cycles were regular and I said, you know, not really. That's why I had to take the Clomid and they, and I hadn't been tracked. You know, maybe you just ovulated late. Um, and then with the spotting, they just said, you know, some people do, it can be completely normal or it can be a sign of a miscarriage, which was one of the most frustrating things I've ever experienced in my life is that so many symptoms are 
the oh, same. This, yeah, this can be a totally normal pregnancy or this can be a miscarriage. Like that is the biggest like messing with your brain that there ever has been. So they sent me home and just, oh, and we heard the heartbeat. So they, oh, okay. yeah, so they were a little concerned, you know, they noticed or mentioned that the baby is measuring behind, but we heard the heartbeat. And so then, you know, everybody said, oh, your chances of miscarrying after you've heard the heartbeat at six weeks are, are pretty slim. So I left with a renewed sense of hope, but was still, I don't know. I just had this nagging sense of dread, I guess. Um, so that was the second. And then I think if I remember right, I was trying to do remember all this in my head that I had like another day or so of spotting and cramping. And then I had like two or three good days where I felt good and there wasn't really any spotting. So I was like, okay, maybe this is okay. Um, and then after those couple days, then it just, it ramped up and it never, it never got easier or better. So, um, I think on the Friday, so the 11th, um, I called back and said, you know, the bleeding is, is getting worse. And, you know, they, it's so hard for them to, to say, you know, they would say, well, is it, is it soaking a pad? And I would say, no. Um, you know, are your, are your cramps so bad that you're doubled over? Well, no. Um, okay. So just keep an eye on it. So, uh, I just kept an eye on it and I, I just, every time I went to the bathroom, my heart just sank and I just had this feeling that this is just not going to be good. So that night, that Friday night, um, I, I took a bath and I was just sobbing in the bathtub, um, listening to a song, um, called thy will by Hillary Scott and just trying to just completely let it go and just pray that God's will would be done and that I could accept that no matter what that was. And I felt a sense of peace at that moment. And I slept really good that night. Um, got up the next morning and was supposed to get pedicures with my mom and my sister for Mother's Day, which was that Sunday. So um, I felt good that morning. I wasn't really, I wasn't cramping and I wasn't really spotting. Um, but right before I left to go get my pedicure, um, I used the bathroom and it, the spotting had kind of started. So I was like, okay, here we go again. Um, but I went to get the pedicure anyway, um, felt okay for the most part, started cramping towards the end of it. And I went to the bathroom when they were done with mine um, and the bleeding was was pretty heavy. And I I went out and told my mom and sister and we went over to Walmart and I thought I need a hot water bottle or something that I can use for this pain. Um, and when I was in Walmart, I could feel the blood coming out and the cramping was was getting worse. And as I was going back out to the car with my sister, she said, I just noticed that that one took your breath away. And I was like, yeah, you're right. You need to go to the emergency room. Oh no. So I, I dropped her off, um, to watch my daughter and I picked my mom and my husband up and we went to the emergency room. And I mean, it was, it was gushing out by that time. Uh, they had me sit in a seat right when I got to the emergency room and there was blood on that seat. And so I just, my husband was still kind of optimistic at that point, but I just knew like, this is, this is not good. This is not right. Um, so they got me in pretty quickly to a room at least. Um, and the bleeding was, I mean, there were clots at that point. And so that process, I was there, oh, I don't know, maybe three to five hours. I can't remember. Um, 
but when they took me in for that ultrasound, um, that was a totally different experience. I mean, I couldn't see the screen and, you know, they weren't talking to me about it. Um, so, but I could, I just knew that the amount of blood that was coming out, that there's no way that that was going to be a good outcome. Um, so they came back and said that, um, they were not able to find the heartbeat. Um, and so I don't know, nobody ever talked to me about the gestational age. I don't know if that's a common thing or not, but I have, all I know is that I heard the heartbeat at what measured six weeks and three days. And then by this time I was almost eight and there was no heartbeat. So sometime in between that time frame, the heart stopped beating. Um, and my, my HCG had never been tested before, but at that initial testing in the hospital, it was like way, way, way lower than, so it had already been going down for a while, I assume. Um, that was, you know, an awful, awful day. And I just kept thinking like Mother's Day is tomorrow and I should be celebrating being the mother of two and I'm losing this baby. And um, it was just, I mean, I was just overwhelmed with grief. Um, the hospital staff though was so amazing. I mean, the doctor um, hugged me tight and talked about, um, you know, her belief in God and the strength that she gets from God. And that was just so comforting to me. And everyone there was just so wonderful, which I know is not the case for a lot of women. I have friends who had horrible experiences, especially being that early on where they weren't treated like that was a child. And I totally was. So I was so grateful for that. That's um, beautiful. Yeah, it was amazing. Like I cannot say enough good things about them and how supportive they were. Um, so I was just grieving so much at that point. I was, I was grieving not only that child, but that the perfect pregnancy I had had the first time would never happen again because I already knew like when I get pregnant again, which I believed that I would, I knew like I'm an anxious person in general. So I just knew like, I'm going to be so overcome with anxiety. I'm never going to just see a test and feel the joy again. Like I did that first time. And so I was grieving that too. And I was grieving the fact that, you know, I thought my struggle was just to get pregnant and I had overcome that. And now here I am, you know, I've had a struggle to get pregnant and to stay pregnant. And so I was, there was just so much going through my head that it was so hard to process all of that. Um, but probably the strangest like feeling, I guess, that I had was relief because sadness was so much easier for me to feel than fear. Um, the fear was just killing me. I mean, when I looked after that day, you know, I had probably 15 tabs open on my phone and they were all Googling things that all had bad, you know, answers. And I had just been consumed by it, like absolutely just consumed with anxiety for those 10 days between when I, I heard the heartbeat and when I, I miscarried. And so it was just almost just easier to just be sad and to not be so scared. And so I, I felt that relief. Um, but then it was, you know, I would still, I, I didn't know how to unsubscribe from the emails that were coming about how far along I was. And I, I still had a digital pregnancy test that said pregnant. I think it still does say pregnant, actually, which is just a weird thing to to see and a weird reminder. Um, so it was just a lot. And I the other thing I was thankful for is that I, I actually passed everything there in the emergency room. 
Oh, so, really? Yes. Which I was, that was another thing I was terrified of. Like, what does that even look like? How do you do that at home? What do you do with it? Like I was, was just right. freaking myself out about that. So, um, I had, like I said, was losing clots and blood. And then after the transvaginal ultrasound, as soon as they, they took me back, I said, I need to use the bathroom. And I know that I passed the baby at that point. Um, and so I, afterwards I thought, you know, oh my gosh, should I have told somebody that I thought that's what it was and they could have got it out of the toilet, like just totally feeling guilty about that. Um, but I had to, to let that go and just know that, you know, my, my baby went from inside me into the arms of Jesus and that there was, I just had to hold on to the fact that it was, had never been scared or alone or cold. And I just had to keep telling myself that. Um, but I was so thankful that it all happened at the emergency room and that I didn't have to, I don't have to have that trauma in my home. So I was really thankful for that. And to have that great support team around you. Yes. Yes. It was, I couldn't have had a better, a better experience um, with that. So I was very grateful for that. So did um, the symptoms then ease up as they oh, often yeah. do? Yeah. Yeah. It was it almost, passes. almost yeah. immediate. Um, when we first got to the emergency room, it felt very much like labor. And then um, as soon as that, that last, um, kind of that all passed it was almost just instant relief physically and emotionally just I felt that that anxiety leave my body and um, just the pain left and I was able to finally rest which was something I hadn't felt in um, you know 10 days isn't a long time but it it is when you're feels in, like an in eternity. that state yeah mm-hmm. so I left I left the hospital um, that day with my husband and just decided that, you know, I was still going to celebrate Mother's Day the next day because I have a daughter. And so we went to church and I cried through the whole service. Um, but we have, we go to a small church and everyone there is like family. And so they gathered around us and prayed. And we went out to lunch with my mother in law and family. And I was okay during that. Um, it was just little things that would, you know, would trigger all of that emotion. Um, there was a few things that, that I felt like would trigger that, um, getting the bill for the, the hospital bill was just like, this is so cruel and, and unfair, um, that I'm, I'm paying for this. Uh, so that was difficult. Um, my sister-in-law was pregnant and and gave birth the next week to her son um and i i didn't go to the hospital to meet my nephew um i knew that that would just be too difficult but seeing a picture of my daughter with him just totally broke me because i you know had pictured her with a sibling at the age that she was at and so that was was extremely difficult um and then another thing that i really struggled with was being told to wait to try again. Um, I just thought that was the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Like I've never in my life bought condoms and you're telling me as a happily married woman who wants nothing more than to have a child with my husband 
that I need to use protection for the next, you know, like two months. And that I just blew my mind. Like I just could not wrap my mind around that. Um, he told me to wait two cycles. I compromised and said, I'll wait one. And then, you know, what God wants to be will be. And we got pregnant that next cycle. Um, so that was just something, yeah, it's like, this is just craziness. Like, this is just absolute absurdity that I am trying to prevent what I want more than anything. Um, and like, those are things that I had just never thought of in my life. I just never crossed my mind. Um, I had somebody, I think on a picture on Facebook around that time, like say something about my daughter needing a sibling um, or when are you going to have another one? That's another thing that like, I will never, ever ask someone again, but I'm sure that I have before because it, again, it never crossed my mind to be sensitive to that. Um, so yeah, there's just, there's so many things that my eyes were open to that, you know, I always just say like, it's the club that none of us want to be in. Um, but, but now that I am, like, I've tried to just learn as much as I can to be able to help other people who are going through that because oh, it was, I mean, it's the hardest thing that I've ever been through in my life for sure. So I just want to be able to, to use it for good. Well, yeah. And you have such a platform, you know, even just beyond yes. your general community. So that's really wonderful. And right. to circle back for those listening, if you caught that, Emily did mention that she is pregnant again. Right. And yes. you are how far along? Six weeks and five days. Okay. So that's a pretty stressful right. <laughs> marker yes. to be at. Okay. So how yeah. has how has this pregnancy been? Yeah. Anxiety-wise? Um, and have you done things different yes. with your appointments? Yeah. So when I went for my follow-up with the doctor, I said, you know, what do things look like the next time I get pregnant? And they basically said they don't really look much different at this point. And um, progesterone was a big thing on my mind during my loss. I had a friend who had to take the suppositories and then the shots through her whole pregnancy. And I, so here was her doctor who was saying, this will keep your baby alive and you need to do this. And then I had a doctor who with my, my miscarriage, it was never even mentioned. It was not tested. It was not ever even brought up. And so I brought it up at that follow-up appointment and he said, you know, there's, there's just, there's no con conclusive research that it does any good. And I said, well, does it do any harm? And he said, no. And I'm like, well, then I want, when I get pregnant again, for my peace of mind, I would like to be um, on that. And he said, if that's what you want, like, I totally will support that. So as soon as I, I got the positive test, um, he called in a prescription and I started the progesterone that day. Um, they also had me come in. I've already had an ultrasound. I had it last Wednesday. So, um, five weeks and five days, which I appreciated very much. However, that's so early that, you know, they could see the sack and they could see what she believed was the pole, but there, it was too early to see a baby or hear a heartbeat. So it wasn't a huge sense of relief. Right. Um, but I did get to do that. And, um, he he made my next one for for three weeks out so the 15th um of august i will go back for another one um so i in the meantime i think i took seven tests which before with my previous two pregnancies 
I took like one line test and one digital. And then, you know, I was like, well, I'm pregnant and that's good enough. Um, with this one, I, I bought the, the 88 cent cheap ones from Walmart and I took one every other day um, up until my first appointment because I just needed to see that that line was getting darker and was still there, was still there. Same, I've done um, the same, yes. Yeah, I, I think I could, if I would let myself, could do it forever. But I, I said after that first appointment, I'm not doing the test anymore. Um, and I almost had a moment of weeks to get one and they were all out of them. And I was like, okay, thank you, Lord, like from saving me from that madness because I just, I can't do that forever. Um, so that I have done differently. The anxiety has been something I've never experienced in my life. Um, I, that first probably week was, I was again, just consumed. And I thought, here I am right back in the place, you know, that I was thankful to be out of the last time. And, and here I am again. Um, and I had, you know, listened to, I binged every episode of this that there was. Um, and I, um, uh, then recently joined like a pregnancy after loss group on Facebook and like 90% of both things have been nothing but like good for me. But then there's that other part that then you hear other people's stories with things you never even thought about happening. And that puts like those things into your mind, like, oh, now it's not just, if I can get to this point, I'm good. I have to worry about all of this. And so it was just, I was just consumed with with worry um every cramp and ache that i have had has been you know enough to send me into a panic i have not had any spotting and i thank the lord for that i mean i have just prayed and prayed that this will be a spot free pregnancy because i don't i will probably lose my mind even though i again i know that that can be normal um but i've had a lot of you know crampy days and and if i have a day where i'm i'm not then i'm like worried that there's something wrong because I'm not. And then when I do, I'm worried that there's something wrong. So it's just a it's never ending cycle. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is just crazy. Like I just need to stop. Um, but I had another a moment, um, something I, I did with my miscarriage. I've been always been one to journal. And so with my, my miscarriage, I already had a journal that baby and so I put the picture of the ultrasound and some pictures we had taken of my daughter and a big sister t-shirt and pictures of the pregnancy test and I you know wrote that baby a letter and was that was kind of my closure for that and so when I was just really overwhelmed with the anxiety this time I was like okay I need to get a journal and I need to start writing these things out I need to write some positive mantras that I can say to myself and a big one has just been this is a different pregnancy, a different baby, a different story with a different outcome. And I just have to say that to myself all the time. Um, Bible verses um, have been huge. Um, ironically, another Hillary Scott song um, called Still, my mom or my sister, I think, told me to listen to that. And, and I just listened to it and kind of sang my heart out to it. And, um, you know, it's just that, that God has this and I need to just be still. And, um, there's a part that says, all you need for me is to let go. And so that day I just kind of spoke, this was, um, the day, so two Wednesdays ago. Um, and I just said, I'm letting go. Like there's, I know that there's nothing that I can do. Um, I know that because God's will was not for me to carry the last baby 
um, to term that there was nothing on this earth that I could do to save that baby or else I would have, you know, I would have done anything. Um, but I also know that if this is the baby that I'm meant to have and this is my rainbow baby, that there's nothing on earth that can stop me from having that baby either. So I just had to tell myself that I'm letting go. And that is a continuous process. Like that was, I, I mean, there was a moment where I, I said it and I felt it. But then again, when I'll have a day where I'm, I'm crampy or achy, I, ha- I go right back into that panic and I have to just say, you have to be still, you have to let go. And I just have to tell myself that over and over and over again. Um, my mom has been so great. She, she texts me every single morning and says, today you are pregnant. Um, and that was just so affirming. And I just have to live in that day to day. Like, I mean, we, I don't know, you know, what's, what's going on in my body, but as far as I know, there's no reason for me to think that I'm not. So I just have to live today as if I am and be grateful for that. Um, but it's, it's still a struggle. I mean, I, I sit in my office all the time and teach people, you know, mindfulness tools and um, how to be in the moment and how to, to just live in the here and now. And that's so hard to do. Um, so I'll have to, I'll just say to myself, you know, I have to inhale peace and exhale panic. And I just have to say those things over and over and over again to myself. Um, I say them to my husband. I, I speak them out loud. I'm, I'm able to say those things to my support system, which is very helpful. Um, so I, I have all of that support and and I don't know, I don't know if they're, if I can get past, you know, if I can get to eight weeks, if I'll feel any better, I don't know. I hope that I will, but I know that there's just no guarantee, you know, all the way along, there's none. And so I just, I want to feel that peace and that joy and that excitement that I, I felt with my daughter. And so I'm fighting so hard to get that back because this baby deserves that just as much as, um, as any does. And so, and just, with life circumstances and my anxiety and everything else, I, I feel like this is probably going to be my last baby unless God has other plans. And so I, I don't want to, I don't want to waste that. I don't want to look back and think like that was my last time to be pregnant, which with my daughter, I absolutely loved. Like I thought, Oh, I could be a surrogate and have 10 babies for people. I love this so much. And that was just like robbed from me from the miscarriage. And so I'm fighting so hard to get that back because I don't want to spend this whole pregnancy in fear, but that's so hard to do. It's so hard, but being aware of it is so powerful. Yeah. 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 It's a trip. It totally <laughs> it's like is. nothing I've, like you said, nothing you've ever experienced. Um, no. it, it's been the same uh, I've had the same experience. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like this other world that I didn't even know existed. Like I've I've walked into this other world mm-hmm. that has been there all along that I was totally oblivious to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story today. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm so glad that I was able to. When I the timing of it all, you know, when I I signed up to do it, I was still so heavy in that that grief and wanting to talk about it and then when I I actually forgot about it and then I looked at the date and I was like oh I'm gonna have to relive this and talk about all of this you know at at the same gestation that things went so badly last time and um that fear in me said like just cancel it don't do it and I just knew that's not what God wants me to do um all of the women who have done it before and you who have have made that possible like that was my 
my lifesaver. And so I have to to give back to that because I wouldn't have I wouldn't be where I am today if I wouldn't have had that. Wow. I'm really impressed. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, I tell everybody I know about it. It's just been amazing and I'm so thankful for it. You're so welcome. Thank you.